Everyone faces questions and decisions that require insight and answers as we move forward personally, professionally, and corporately in all areas of this thing we call life in America today. Hello, this is Joe Schofield, and I invite you to tune in every Monday evening from 6 to 7 p.m. as we talk together and hear from key leaders of all ages and backgrounds about your questions. Interesting, informative, intuitive, but always encouraging. Tune us in on BBS Radio Network. Join Pastor Joe and co-hosts Ron Greer, Dr. Paul Hall, Stephanie Thayer, and Dr. Craig Thayer in Raising Expectations. Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this week's version of Raising Expectations. We're certainly glad you're with us, and there's so much going on in life. We've got a great program for you tonight. I think you're going to be blessed, and I know you're going to be encouraged. But like we always say, we like to share who we are, what we're about, and where we're going. Uh, I want you to know right now that, uh, all right, I want you to know right now, can you hear me? Paul, can you hear me? Here you just fine. Okay, good. I got a note that I didn't know what happened. I think we Stephanie's out there. Okay, okay. All right. Uh, what we want to say is that uh, with everything going on in the world, everybody can use a word or two that can encourage, strengthen, and lift you up. We've got two of the greatest encouragers you're ever going to meet tonight as our special guest on our program. So moving right along, again, I'm Pastor Joe Schofield, and it's a privilege and an honor every week to share with you my friends who are co-hosts with me on this program each and every week that you can watch tonight and you can watch all during the week on bbsradio.com slash raising expectations. You can watch it on your TV. You can listen to it on the radio. It's there all week for you. Uh, again, our special team uh, is comprised of people that love the Lord Jesus Christ, of people that uh, love their families, people that have been down roads in life that make life come alive and hopefully will encourage you because all of us go down roads in this life and we can't always plan them out. Sometimes they just happen to be there. We have our, our, our regular team with us, again, as we always share. All the way from Longpoke, California, we have Dr. Paul Hall, who's been my friend for over 50 years, blessing my life. And I got Longpoke right, and, and Paul is a retired pastor. He's a theologian. He's a Bible teacher. Most of all, he's, he's loved by countless people uh, all over the nation, and uh, he's a great writer and speaker. And the theologian part's the best part because he is the world's first theologer. <laughs> he actually theologues, and you're going to learn more about that. He'll be sharing that tonight. He's theologued all week long on different things that have been going on. So in any event, Paul is with us tonight from Longpoke, California. Longpoke, California. <laughs> Two out of three ain't bad. Close. So if you all the way across the nation to the East Coast, you're going to find there that, uh, um, uh, there we go, all the way to, I am working on something really quick here. And uh, can Cliff, can you hear me? 
Uh, yeah, but I can't hear you. Uh, TJ, if you can, I'm trying to click them in. But uh, I think uh, I think the Russians are messing with my computer, Ron. I don't know. Can you hear me now? Yeah, now I, I can you. hear you. Yeah, there we go. All yeah. right. Thanks, Craig. Okay, there we go. Ron, are you, are you there to say something, Ron? Yeah. There's Ron. Okay, good deal. Something. There's Jeannie. Something. Okay, all the way from the East Coast, we find in the, in the state of Georgia, Dalton, Georgia, and for uh, to be exact, we have Stephanie and Dr. Craig Thayer. And as you all know, uh, Craig is a, a surgeon, a trauma surgeon. We always say if anything happens to us, we want Craig to be the one that they take us to first. He not only has a heart for the Lord, but he has a mind that really cares about people. He's a great, great surgeon and knows everything about nutrition also, which makes it a wonderful dynamic duo when you put him together with his wife, Stephanie, who works as a nutritionist and a health coach. And she knows how to not only what you eat, but how to keep your body in shape and how to understand what you're doing while you're doing it. And she always scores high with us because, as we always say, and somebody asked me if this was for real, Stephanie. Yes, it's okay to have fudge at Christmas. This week, somebody asked us about that. So we do get fudge. Yeah, that's it, Steph. We get fudge at Christmas. So it's a home run. So, and now if we come back on the pendulum all the way to the center of the nation, we try to cover everywhere for you folks. From the great state of Texas, Central America there, we've got, he's he is Pastor, Pastor Ron Greer. He's our friend and our brother and uh, another beloved by countless people. And uh, he used to be very shy, but now he has really come a long way. I've, I've worked on it, a lot of training. Counseling. He's worked on it a lot. He's another one. And we hope you're just part of our family. Another person this week said, Pastor Joe, we read what you said to us on social media. We just look forward to being with everybody because it's fun. We feel like family. And Ron is one of those. He's run for Congress. He's been a pastor all his years. He was a Marine. He's a man who uh, loves God, loves his family. And most of all, is, is glad to be with us each, each week here on Raising Expectations. Now, we want to go back with you and have you go with us to, again, the great state of Texas in southern Texas, down there in a place called the Woodlands, which is, I believe, north of Houston, not too far north of Houston, and uh, just past the big Sam Houston statue, I think, keep going a little further and uh, coming up there. And uh, our guests are from there tonight. I want to tell you about them. Very, very special people. Um, they, uh, Cliff uh, and Jeannie Beth Poe are very good friends of mine. I'll tell you why in just a minute. <laughs> but uh, Cliff and Jeannie are co-founders and directors of Love Recon Seminars and Recon Coaching uh, for helping you to grab a hold of your life in ways that you didn't realize you could. Cliff has pastored churches in California and in Texas, and both he and Jeannie are master life and relationship licensed coaches. They just finished a Love Recon Seminar in Atlanta this past weekend and just helped a lot of people there, which will extend all through their families as they go through this. So uh, they're from in their home, right? Like I said, near Houston, Texas. And uh, Cliff and Jeannie, I had the privilege of uh, marrying. Uh, uh, oh, my goodness. Couldn't have been too long ago, but uh, 40. How long, Jeannie? 47. 47 years ago. 
And uh, they had to hold me up. I was just a little kid then, but you know, 47 years ago. And uh, so they are two of the most wonderful people you'll ever meet. So they're with us tonight all the way from Texas. And what we want to do is just pitch this out there to them so they can talk about expectations and a little bit of the experiences they've shared. And then they're going to bring it back. And like we always do, the folks here, our co-hosts, they're going to have input and share and uh I think you're really going to be blessed. Gene and Cliff, love you guys. So glad you're with us. And uh, just just share with us, if you would, and, and take it away. And welcome, almost forgot, welcome to Raising Expectations. We're glad you're here. <laughs> Thank you. Wow, it's good to be back with you guys. We love, we love doing this, and uh, we love the energy and the positivity and the faith and all the good stuff that comes out of this time together. Um, yeah, we wanted to talk a little bit about expectations tonight because that is a, um, well, it's just a huge part of life knowing that, uh, well, I just, I will just tell you a story. So <laughs> Jeannie and I years ago had a favorite restaurant and we, it was one of our favorite restaurants because it was inexpensive and they served really good pizza. And they had like linen tablecloths and napkins and kind of made it for a nice date, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what we would do is we'd get a babysitter and we would go to this pizza place, uh, this nice Italian restaurant that served great pizza. And then we would go to a movie mm-hmm. and that would make a complete evening. And we, we just expected that to be a great experience every time. So you had planned this specific date night. Yeah, this was a special night uh, for other reasons, too. So it was really important to me that everything go well. We got to the restaurant. We were seated at the table. The waiter came and took our order. And then we should have been called the waiter, right? Because we waited and we waited. And And I started looking at, we're not going to have time. We start getting anxious. I've started, well, I <laughs> my expectations, I guess. She's perfect, if y'all don't know that. No. Now. No, anyway. She's so a, finally, she's a they brought us the pizza. Yeah, finally, they brought it to us, and guess what? It's, it's wrong. It was doughy. The, oh. It was not cooked. It was not cooked. <laughs> I do. I, I know you get worms if you eat pizza dough. <laughs> it's not cooked. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the health experts can help us on that. But anyway, uh, so so, so we sent it back, and I, I I don't know if I was really nice or not, but um, <laughs> we took the pizza back, and then we waited and we waited some more, and we realized we might miss the movie. Um, you did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we started guess we just started wagering or talking between ourselves not really wagering but like I bet it's going to be five more minutes no I bet it's going to be 15 or I bet and we started having fun with it well I bet they're gonna <laughs> and finally it came yeah it finally <laughs> came and do you know what it, it was the wrong pizza it's not the pizza we ordered <laughs> oh no so all these expectations not being met for sure. But by that time, we were laughing about what was going to happen next. 
she really helped turn the tide on that. And so we were laughing and joking about what was going to happen next. No the waiter, sticks on it, the waiter took it, took it back. <laughs> and then in a moment, he came over with the manager who apologized to us and said that they had really just changed management. They didn't even have the pizza that we had ordered, evidently. <laughs> And uh, so they were trying to replicate it, but could not do it. Couldn't do it. No. Oh. So they gave us dinner, anything on the menu we wanted. And it wasn't the cheap pizza that we ordered this time. <laughs> so we got anything we wanted. We got drinks and dessert and it was all on the house. Didn't cost us a dime. Amen. <laughs> all right. So we had the best. I like that kind of dinner. <laughs> Our expectations weren't met, but it resulted in us having a memorable evening, if we had gone ahead and everything gone smooth and we'd seen the movie, I, pr- I wouldn't remember it tonight. Mm. But because our expectations didn't go as planned and we even got a bigger blessing than we had planned, um, we remember that uh-huh. as a very special evening. Amen. So, you know. We got to thinking about that. Now, a lot of times we set expectations way too high. Well, I know what I want, you know, I know where I thought that I would be at this age and stage of my life. Okay. I know, I know where I thought we would be financially. Um, I knew what I thought my life would look like, right? (laughs) You know, we have expectations about where we're going to live, how much money we're going to make, how many kids we're going to have, what our kids are going to do. Um, expectations in almost every area of life mm-hmm. and so often I don't know if you guys have how it's been for you but our expectation is here and our reality is down here yeah. somewhere and what fills that gap between our expectation thank you Vanna what, what, what fills that expectation between yeah what fills the gap between our expectation and our reality is all those intense feelings mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that that's a lot of what we're experiencing as a nation as well. I mean, anxiety, anger, fear. There's just so, yeah, all those turbulent emotions, mm-hmm. negative kind of emotions that come when expectations aren't met. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. What do you guys think? Um, any thoughts about expectations and when they're met, when they're not met? Yeah, my wife has shared me a number of times how amazing uh, I am and how I exceeded all her expectations and she's just floating in a cloud half the time. And, you know, <laughs> wow. I'm going to call her right now. <laughs> you, uh, you know, That's I'm so thinking fun. about this. Right behind you. Brown, the confessional. Right behind We're going to open the confessional at seven, okay? Yeah. <laughs> That's more than lying. Don't even know I'm lying to myself. It's the drugs. I don't know. You sounded good, Ron. Sounded good. It's an interesting point you raised and um, and a very insightful one. Uh, Probably one of the most, uh, second most insightful thing that we uh, experienced in our second um, uh, marriage counseling session uh, back in, by the way, a few years back, <laughs> uh, it acted that that counseling went on for ten months actually, and uh, we were indeed a brand new couple. We got done, but that was uh, indeed probably the most uh, insightful thing at the time because 
we realized, well, well, one thing I realized the first day was my wife had one, one idea what marriage was, and I, have, I had a different one. Uh, but when the counselor, he did something totally unusual, he first started with, let's put your, do your family tree. So he started with our family trees on this big whiteboard. And as he was going to my wife's family tree, I kept looking for divorce, divorce, you know, widower, divorce. And I'm going, okay, so where does she get the idea of marriage from if there's no marriage in her families? Mm-hmm. And it just like hit me like a brick of the light bulb came on. And then, as again, as I was saying, the second session is when he started talking about our expectations. And, uh, it, and again, like a lightning bolt. My expectations were unrealistic and unfounded and had no basis for me other than my own imagination and my own fantasies. Uh, but, and of course, my wife could never have lived up to <laughs> those unrealistic ideas. But it, 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 as you said, once we got to start readjusting our expectations, uh, it, it's amazing how things changed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely amazing. So mm-hmm. thank you for that. <laughs> exactly. Well, Cliff and Jeannie, I'd just like to say that you're the only two people that something like that has ever happened to. You know, you're just the focal point. I, I just had a I just had a, a thought in my mind, you know, when we talk about re- expectations. I, Cliff, I like what you said. And uh, Jeannie, your, your hand motion there, filling the gap, you know, those intense kind of feelings. Uh, you know, it's a boy. That's an everyday thing, isn't it? Yeah. Now, if if we could talk about those kind of expectations, and the name of our program is raising expectations. That's that's curious, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, because we all co- obviously we all come into marriage relationships with with baggage and emotional uh, things, or or even having struggled with. Uh, attachment issues you know how, how did we get along with our our parents you know what did we learn along the way et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. so maybe we can speak about that a little bit how, how do you set how do you set reasonable expectations and that i'm sure that has to do with boundaries and and issues like that but how cliff and Jeannie, how do you coach people how do you encourage people to be realistic about their expectations in relationships you know? Is that a fair question? Your arguments. Mm-hmm. Arguments start that way. I have an expectation, you don't meet it, and then an argument. You want to argue the rest of your life. So for me, I think expectations can be a form of it by of, of control, mm-hmm. of my attempts to control things. Mm-hmm. This is what I want, this is what I expect, you know. And this is how you should act, this is how you should walk and talk. So I really think it's a control issue. Mm-hmm. And why do you have to control everything? Uh, why is it important that you be in control? But a lot of times, you know, it's because there were times in your life when you were out of control yeah. or things were, things were out of your control. Then it may have brought you great harm or great pain. Um, but I kind of start with there and, and we do run kind of what you were talking about when we first have our couples come for their first session, they draw a life map Mm. that includes the highs and lows of their lives, the pain and the joy of their lives. Uh, And from that, you can see sometimes why people want to want to control. It's a, it's a, uh, 
defense mechanism. It's a way to protect themselves. But it really gets in the way of what can happen and what God wants to do um, when we're trying to control everything. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that answered your question, Paul, but that's mm-hmm. what came to mind. And I think it also, I think control comes from, is can, and, and it's been in my experience, when I feel controlled by a controller, it's usually because there's a fear factor there. Yeah. Uh, and making sure that everything is all perfect at that sort of thing, because you can't function outside of that. And we like to say about our marriage, it's, it's a very dysfunctional marriage, and uh, we put the fun in it, the fun in the fun. <laughs> So um, you've got to almost, to me, when you have expectations for an individual, it can be and cannot be, it's one or the other, it can be controlling, or it can also be um, selfish. Like I expect that person to be this way. And that's all what I want. I, 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 with the pronoun I, larger than the state of Texas. But when you lower that expectation because you love that individual and you want to cultivate a, an authentic relationship, that becomes selfless. And then we start love wars. In other words, we can't outgive each other. Um, a lot of times, well, in, that, I- in that, started making a game of what was going to come back on the pizza. Oh, who knows? Anchovies, you know, no licorice. We'll see what's going to happen. And then we got to giggling about it. I think it's, it's all being selfless, and that's really hard for us because a lot of times it's like we have sections. We have to get the car, have to get the house, have to get this, have to get that. And and here we are in our 60s, you know, at 66, and I don't know if I had an expectation for me to be a 66-something. But in being in the moment is really refreshing, and being being in the moment and doing life, real life with him, for me – takes a lot of stress and anxiety out of my life that I don't need to. Well, you talk about fear. One of those emotions in that, in that gap, Mm -hmm. you know, the expectation gap is fear. Uh, And we know from, from the word that perfect love casts out all fear. fear. Mm -hmm. So what you were saying about being selfish, uh, when we can accept, and that's, that's huge, isn't it? When we can accept ourselves and quit putting such high expectations on ourselves when we can accept each other, uh, we can, which, which is love. We can love and accept each other. Um, a lot of those emotions go away and it gives room for a better reality. Uh, and I'll just go ahead and say that. I think that what we do with our expectations and with our control, with our fear, with our anxieties is that we, we take them to the cross. We take them to God, to Jesus, however you want to, however you want to view that or say that. But um, once you can take them there and release them, then it's amazing what can come to you. We had a, we had some couple, a couple friend, uh, friends who were a couple, been married 12 years <laughs> and uh, <laughs> couldn't, have, those. couldn't have children. Um, and so, you know, they were very, they were crushed. They were, it was very painful for them um, until finally they considered adoption. And then they were able to, they, they got a baby girl nine months from the day they applied. 
so it was it was beautiful and she's grown up to be a beautiful young woman and has three little girls of her own and so our friends now are grandparents and all of that um, but it's when they were trying to control how they were going to have children uh, by doing all the medical things and stuff like that um, they they was just painful for them but then when they were able to adopt open themselves to consider that to a different you know to a different expectation or if they gave their reality to God, then their expectations far, what happened far exceeded their expectations. Yeah. Hmm. And yeah, you know, God is able to do immeasurably more than we can, can imagine. Um, if we'll give him room to do that. And from hmm. our personal, from mine personally, anyway, we have two children and we had expectations for those children for them to go to school and then go to college and to get a degree and to be, the healthy human beings that were going to change the world because we were not changing the world as well as we thought we were. But personality wise, one was all over the place, but would always end where that person should end. And the other one was so AD, well, OC, OCD. I mean, just always everything, point, 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 schedule, 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 everything else. So they did, they did uh, meet when we dropped our expectations about a lot of things there, they did meet, they did get their degrees. They are very wonderful human beings that married extremely well and have three kids. And it's hilarious because one of their kids is just like them. We're watching them grow all over again. And then there's another one, but it was almost for, for me to let go of that expectation of having actually perfect, perfect kids because um, they turned out better than, than I could have imagined. So it's a little bit of well that. Yeah, but one of them, I mean, our daughter has had a very disappointing marriage and is now a single mother. And that's been very painful because my expectation and my prayers for my daughter uh his baby were not met. So <laughs> we're still in that still in that phase of what we would love for her and where she is in reality. Um, and trusting that uh, you know she's a assistant principal of a high school she's very responsible bright um totally committed to health and working out and all that good stuff and and uh yet you know there's a lot of pain there so have they found the young man yet i'm sorry have they found the young man yet the broker heart <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the baby girl. Was, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> okay. I have so many thoughts. Um, but first of all, I can't believe you've been married 47 years because you do not look old enough to be married for 47 years. So, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Um, there you go. when you said I'm taking notes, you know, when you said expectations, I wrote down childhood and fear from some of like just trigger words for me of things that you said. I can personally, I can identify with that. I'm a super type A person. So I would say that I have high expectations and I have, I have adjusted some of those, but, um, one of the things I wanted to mention was that our, our second daughter, um, it was hard. We're a split family, right? So I'm her bonus mom. And she ended up unexpectedly pregnant at 22. And we were a pretty strict strong faith-based home. And she was afraid to talk to us about it. And um, we talked with her and it was one of the most beautiful things that ever happened, but 
she was so concerned about how people would perceive her and what we would think about that. And we just caught her and we said, hey, there's going to be natural consequences here. However, we are your family. <laughs> Last time we checked, we've also not always made the right decision, right? Maybe it didn't result in a baby, but it's been one of the most beautiful things. And I think it was really good and healthy for our family is that we have these things, or maybe society says, or our Bible says, but we all fall short. We all are broken in some way. And, and usually, you know, I set an expectation of him. That's not something he's actually committed to. I've just decided that since we're married, he's going to do X, Y, Z, right? And then he doesn't. And I'm furious at him. I see Ron's laughing and he's like, why are you mad? Because in my brain, this is how it was going to go. And then the other thing that I thought of was we, we actually are in kind of like a family boot camp um, this last month. And we, our kids, the ones that are home are 14 and 15. And we thought they would not be interested in this. And as you were sharing about your kids, I just asked for a photo in the hot tub. One smiled and one turned around and gave me his butt. So to give you an idea of the one that's wild and we'll get there, that is that was literally right before we got on. But um, we took a love language test and we also took the disc and they got really into it just to understand. And so we made a list as a family of each of us got to write three things that would make us feel loved and three things that would really crush us. And it's on the fridge. And so we've been passing it. And because we're all we are similar, but we're all a little bit different. How do we reach each other and make each other feel really loved? And I think. The problem for most of us all comes down to communication, right? Which is also related to expectation. I want you, I married you because you're different, but now I want you to be just like me. Let me ask you a question. That's a pretty boring marriage, isn't it? Yeah. Holy, yes. being married to yourself? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when I'm arguing a point, it's a problem. <laughs> Right, Ron. <laughs> Here's uh, the other question I had. Uh, well, have, have you addressed? Uh, I guess it, in one of the things I learned early on was the necessity for sacrificially living with my wife. Uh, and then later, uh, my kids had to took, take me, took me to the next level on that. But, <laughs> but I, I, it's one of the convictions I had early on uh, when the guy was just one of my guy discipled me. Ephesians 5, Paul uh, was a hated passage in the beginning, but <laughs> turned out to be, uh, I mean, actually gold. Uh, so wh where does that fit in this idea of unrealistic expectations and realistic expectations? And how, wh where do you see that fitting in there? The whole idea of living sacrificial. Getting back to the point I was making, and I was trying to, to Paul's point as well, because it looks like raising expectations can be, it can be calling people up to greatness. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, where we fall apart in that area, when we have that expectation of our children is we don't allow grace to see the down end to it when they, when they fall and they hurt themselves or they do things on this idea. So I think grace is huge. Uh, and that's selfless to me. Again, we're talking about being selfless. So um, it is great to have, expectations that fire up, that build, that grow, that bring people up um, in a positive way. And then there's there's relational expectations. And I think that those are kind of where we're, we're playing in the sandbox there. Um, so if I have these expectations of Cliff and he's not meeting them, what does that do to me? 
breaks down communication mm-hmm. to your point. Uh, it breaks down relationship. And instead of being turned into one another in our relationship, we're turned away from each other. Mm-hmm. And so nothing happens. They're just this huge wall between the two of you. So nothing happens. And it either takes somebody getting in the middle to intervene with it, or it takes two people to get down on their, their knees and say, we're broke. We don't know what we're going to do here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I drop all expectations because I know your expectations, Heavenly Father, are far beyond what I could ever put on my husband or my children mm-hmm. or people around me. Um, and by doing that, I can give them grace, mm-hmm. you know, because God knows I need it for sure. So um, I think there's good and bad on that. Uh, let me t- say a couple of things about what Stephanie said mm-hmm. on the love languages. My expectations about love languages were, and her expectations too, I guess you could, I hadn't thought about them as expectations before, but at year 17, we almost split. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it was because we didn't know how to love each other. And we were expecting things from each other that we weren't communicating about. It was supposed to happen. I married him. I would, uh, I was pastoring. So I had free time. I mean, I had flexible time, not so much free time, but I I could go home and start dinner and expect her to walk in from work and fall into my arms and just say, oh, this is so wonderful. Let's go to the bedroom, you know, but that didn't happen. What happened was she would act irritated. And I was get literally snippy, off. you know, <laughs> and uh, I found out why. You said, remember you, what you said? It makes me feel like I can't do anything. Um, I, I can't fulfill. I can't hold down an eight hour uh, a day job, come home and manage dinner and get laundry done before we go to bed, that sort of thing. So he would, I was being it wasn't demoralizing. It was just kind of, I, he didn't trust me to do those things. Yeah, and yeah. he was fulfilling that he was fulfilling his own love language at the time, which was acts of service. Yeah. Mine was acts. Mine is acts of service. And physical sometimes service, I, but anyway. sometimes we express love mm-hmm. in our own language. And what she expected was quality time sit on the end of the couch. Doesn't matter if the other end has laundry, It'll get the done. ceiling. you know, it's sit on the couch and connect and have quality time. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Um, so we had some very different expectations about how we would show love to each other and how we expected that to happen. Mm-hmm. And then what you were talking about, Ron, Ephesians five, mm-hmm. um, and our theologue probably needs to talk to this one, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> Paul begins by saying, uh, submit yourself to one another out of reverence for Christ. Um, yeah. and then he goes on to talk about how to do that. But for me, it's what you what you were saying. It's selflessness. For me to submit to her means for me to adjust my life to serve her, to serve her need, um, because Christ was a servant leader, and that's what I'm yeah. to be in my home is to serve her and to serve my kids and whoever, uh, because that's Christ's model for uh, for leadership. Mm. So. That's my thought on that. I don't know if that addresses what you were saying, but um, mm-hmm. it, it, it does indeed. It does indeed. It does mm-hmm. indeed. So, any other thoughts on that, Paul? No, I, I think you know, I you know, submitting to one another. Um, I remember the seventies <laughs> when 
I knew you were the seventies. Right, that's right. There was a remember the seventies. Must have cleaned them and guy. And 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 I think we need to have like a whole program on this sometime personally. But um, life got pretty complicated in the seventies when Helen Reddy sang "I Am Woman, Hear Me Roar," uh, and numbers too big to ignore. Yeah. Um, I guess social psychologists have looked at that time as well and said that's when things got upside down for men. You know, what did it mean to be a man? What did it mean to be a woman? How, how do we function, you know, in those kind of things? I always found it interesting in counseling with people that, that guys were really adept at telling their wives they had to submit, but that's because that's what the scripture said. Uh, but they they kind of conveniently miss the part where it says, and husbands, love your wives and give yourself for her. Christ loved the church and sacrificed himself for it. And I, I think, you know, those kind of disconnects, especially in the Christian family, uh, because the expectations, the expectations are, if you're a Christian and I'm a Christian and we get together, it's going to be fine. You know, I mean, God will do it all. Um, but I don't know... <laughs> I, I've kind of discovered that relationships are hard work. You know, they're they're hard work. You've you've got to be, you know. I, I think um, just not to de- to, to uh, belabor the point, but uh, yesterday in our Bible study, I was talking about Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and he said that um, learning to be whole, learning to, um, and I'm boy, am I taking liberties with paraphrasing. He said, a, a life without commitments is no life at all. You know, a life, when you make a commitment, our commitments define our life. You know, uh, we're talking about uh, people going out to find themselves, you know, and one of my, I quote, use one of my favorite quotes, I've gone to find myself. If I get back before I arrive, keep me here, which makes absolutely no sense. You know, Tony Campolo says uh, the search for self is like an onion. You know, what do you get when you get to the middle? You got nothing. Uh, and and so talking about commitment. So marriage, marriage, uh, it, I'm not sure we're very well equipped when we're young and we get married. We don't think about commitments. We use the word but a commitment to be loyal, to be faithful, to hang in when you want to hang out, to stay in there when you want to, sh- you know, leave. Uh, th- those are those are difficult things, and we've got all these wonderful tools, you know, the love languages, and we can do the surveys, and we can get the help and and, and stuff like that. But I I uh, I just realized that if you don't keep leaning on that in a helpful positive kind of way uh it's just gonna it, it will find its lowest common denominator which is separateness and i'm gonna find what makes me happy and and that pretty well you know i don't know if that makes any sense but i th- i think the whole thing about you know being mutually committed to one another and trusting the giftedness of the other person uh expectations are wonderful how how do you accept a how do you accept a person where they are and still invite them to grow? That I mean that's what Jesus did for me. I mean, sure. he met me where I was, not not where I thought I was. He met me where I was, and he said, "Okay, come on, follow me. You know, follow me." And uh, and that's been a that's been an interesting journey. <laughs> so, I, 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 that, I don't know if that helps or hinders, but but I, I, real quick, I want to say something. 
Yeah. We have a we have a plaque that was given to us when we got married by well Go ahead. Yeah, by you, Paul. And it's <laughs> uh, depending on one another, depending on God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of what you were talking about. Yeah. You know, I, I uh interesting uh, I tell you we, we went to that 10 so months of counseling and uh, at the end of it all uh, we had learned all this stuff that we had never heard and learned before. Um, and we had uh, come to the point to realize that uh, we really didn't, didn't know what marriage was. And it was all a lie. So we, on our fifth wedding anniversary, we got married all over again. Uh, same church, same pastor, same dress, everything all over again. And our friends thought we were crazy. Nobody understood it why. At, it was it was a whole wedding, and it, it was it was primarily because we 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 entered in this idea of marriage being this thing that we come together and we're gonna we're doing it because we're gonna it's gonna make me happy. I think we both had the same deal, right? Um, and you know the the difficulties and the struggles uh, we saw as as negative, if that makes any sense. Uh, it wasn't until you started looking at Okay, how does God uh, sort of bring, make one out of two? Well, it's not possible to make one thing out of two unless you somehow bind them together, push them together, or break them down and mix them back, mix them back together as one. And so that 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 struggle and hardship and, and trouble, uh, we finally saw is okay. That's God's way of of you know. For me, I say I had all these jagged edges, right? And He wanted to sand them all down. Uh, and he used my wife, who was this amazing diamond uh, grinding tool, <laughs> to yeah. grind up all those rough edges. And I saw it as being, you know, um, uh, I don't know. Um, anyway, saw it being a number thing except that one thing. It wasn't a blessing. It turned out it, I thought it was a curse. But, mm-hmm. and, but after I was readjusted <laughs> in my brain, uh, and it came through this, this sort of period of time where he took us through this idea of, okay, who is Christ and who are you in Christ? Then how would you become that? And how does Christ love you? And how does he view you? How does he treat you? And you start digging in through all that and going, well, wait a minute. Okay, I, I, okay, I have to look at myself and look at my wife the same way Christ looks and deals with me. And given my background and past the time, I married this, this uh, squeaky clean uh, angel. And I was literally a, a, a whore at the time, I mean, before Christ. And I looked at all the things in my life and going, you're an ex-con. <laughs> you get this sweet young girl who's never been involved with a guy, never had a boyfriend, virgin, never even kissed a guy. And you're expecting, what? <laughs> How dare you? It, it, was, it, was just, it was so convicting. And so I finally realized that, listen, you need to love her the, the way Christ loves you. You need to love her and 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 give her the grace that Christ gives you. Uh, because, you know, he reminds, he gives you flashbacks, all that crap in my head. He goes, okay, okay hey, look at that. Now you're expecting what out of her. Come on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, I, you, you, that sparked that memory there. We, uh, we had, that's why we did it all over again. Because yeah. we realized that this thing was a lie. Uh, no one told us about what marriage was, but they told us a lie. And we believed it. Yeah. I think it's interesting in Ephesians 5, where it said, uh, I'm sorry, Jeannie Beth, go ahead. Go ahead, Jeannie. 
I was just going to say to both Paul and your point, um, on the flip side, women need to acknowledge and appreciate and admire what their husband brings to the relationship as well. I mean, we get to the point where we're just multitasking, 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 and then expecting. Um, and actually it should be multitasking, multitasking, help. I can't do this anymore. I need your help. I need you. Um, and what you bring to the relationship. And I have both of us are, are at that point because we're both kind of little CEOs in our own little right here in the house, and we've got to pull it together from time to time. So relationships can be difficult, but they can be really complicated. But the one point I also want to make is it's um, each relationship is unbelievably different. There is no DNA in that relationship anywhere else mm-hmm. because God brings those two people together. Mm-hmm. And so it can't look like a cookie cutter type of thing. It has to be give and take on both sides, mutually enthusiastic agreements. Um, anything you want to add to that? Nope. <laughs> I've come a long way. Nope. <laughs> I, I think, I think if you know that your mate or partner is, is for you, not against you, but right. for you. Yeah. And uh, I mean, we can accommodate a whole lot of stuff, you know, yes. if they're for us. Yes. Um, illustration I, I was fortunate in high school I, I was a quarterback and uh and uh, the coach told, told me to call a play and I called it in the huddle and went up and I got ready to take the snap and uh, all of a sudden I felt this you know foot in my butt and I thought what in the world you know and it was a coach he kicked me and uh and so we ran the play stuff like that and and we're walking back and I was I was broken you know I mean that why would the coach do something like that of course nowadays i could say that's a lawsuit but uh, (laughs) i'm walking walking back i'm 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 trailing the team and coach comes up and he puts his arm around me he said paul do you know why do you know why i i did what i did and i i had no answer he says because you're better than that paul you're better than that i asked you to do something you know and you knew how to do it you, you, we practiced it and practiced it and practiced it. And he says, uh, he said, I want you to know that you're better than that, you know? Mm-hmm. And that made it that, well, obviously it stuck with me now for almost 60 years, mm-hmm. you know, that, that <clears throat> if your mate's telling you that you're a loser and you're broken, you never do anything right. You never listen. You, you know, you're, you, blah, 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 blah. That gets deep inside your skin. And uh, and that does a conversion on you, I think. It it mm-hmm. knocks you down to where you just you don't want to get up. You just don't mm-hmm. want to get up. And so being for one another, you know, we can accommodate a lot of things if you know that person loves you and is committed to you and, and is committed to and and please don't take that to mean go out and you know kick your mate in the tail you know and that's not what i'm saying but, but I, I think we all I mean, paul told me to do that yeah but i i just think that's absolutely essential uh you know to yeah. you know to to our relationships if, yes. if somebody's for us you know we can accommodate that that's why we like that's why we like our our motto that we have for the seminar is two people one couple all in Mm-hmm. 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 that's good good 
I yeah, remember my was, pastor, John Jack MacArthur, my youth pastor was John MacArthur a long time ago. And I remember he used to say, you know, we would want for ourselves what God wants for us if we were only smart enough to be able to figure it out. And then I looked down at Ephesians 5, and it says, wives love your husbands, submit to them, and husbands love your wife as Christ loves the church. And I say, man, he makes it sound so easy. But then you got to remember, too, that Jesus was fully God and fully man. And if he automatically could do all those things, how would he understand what we all go through? There must have been some times when he had a heck of a time trying to understand the church, because we still do today. So, I mean, if he was God and he was Jesus and giving himself for the church, there were times that he learned. So the one who went in front of us and promised by, as you said, Jeannie Beth, give us the grace to understand that, will give us the vision to see what he's doing. And we do want for ourselves what God wants. We'd be smart enough not to just know it, but to trust him. Like Paul theologues all the time, trust one day at a time. Trust what God's doing. If you put your faith in him, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I've got to, I've got to do something right here, folks, and rind out. But I think we're going to bring everybody back and do this thing really soon all over again, a continuation on this. I, I need to let everybody know, as you do already, that we are driven and on the air because of people who want do wonderful gifts to raising expectations and, uh, you know that we have a website. I'm going to show it to you again. This is it. All you do is you go right here to bbsradio.com forward slash raising expectations. And there is a donation tab there. And if you tap that tab, it will come up and say thank you. No, it doesn't. But if you tap it, that is where you can put a donation on PayPal. And it's secured by the United States Marines. Everybody, nobody's going to bother you there, PayPal. I, I didn't get that one right, huh, Ron? But anyway, you're good on that one. And uh, here's another thing we're going to do. Some people asked me, they said, you know, Pastor Joe, we, we love to give gifts to this program. We look forward to seeing all the guys and the gal each week. And so... I'm going to give you this number because a lot of people simply zell. They zell a gift in each week. They say they feel God leads them to do that. This is the number. You hear it at the end. It's 972-922-8556. That's my phone number. Another high technical advancement we're doing with recommendations from Fox News on how to get the number out there to you. My number is given at the end. If you do that, all you got to do is put it in your phone. Say, this is my friend. Uh, put my name in there and zell that in, and we'll receive that gift and continue to take care of it. Zell's a home run. Zell helps us a lot. Many wonderful people donate and uh, give gifts to us that way. We thank you for each one of you. Now, here's the best part of this. Are you ready for this? I've, I've asked this to be written down. Listen real close. Are you listening? This is another advancement. We're catching up to Fox News, folks. Listen really close. I'd ask Stephanie for a drum roll, but we don't have those drum jets. Steph, we're working on it. There you go. That's good. Uh, anyone who feels led of the Lord to give a gift to raising expectations tonight and uh, moving on with us, we'll be bringing in part two and three pretty soon with Cliff and Jeannie Paul. They'll be back with us. I'm sure they will. They're feeling led of the Lord right now. Keep the camera on their faces. But anyway, <laughs> as you can see right here, 
If you give a gift tonight to raising expectations of $50 or more, just sell it in or put it on that tab. Uh, uh, Cliff and Jeannie are offering a free coaching session that's valued on their, their site at $125. They'll give you a free session to start and maybe answer some of those questions we've been talking about tonight. If you give a gift of $50 or more to raising expectations, uh, all you got to do is put it on there. I'll get that information right back to them and they'll give you that gift. And I tell you, I'm a little prejudiced. I think they're great counselors. I happen to love my sister and my brother-in-law. I think they're tops and uh, so does Paul. And I know you all will too. And uh, they've already said what they think of this team. So we now have about Three and a half or four minutes. Anything you'd like to say to kind of cap this off, Cliff, and then shoot a word back into him, guys. Thanks for letting me share that. I think Craig had something to say. Uh, I was going to turn it right, right back to you guys. So can you tell me so, somewhat about your conference, uh, the couples conference you have coming up in the near future? Right. We have... Uh, we just finished one in Atlanta. We got home yesterday. <laughs> there are four days. It's a four-day intensive experience. It's a Wednesday through a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's crazy. It's from 10 a.m. till 10.30 p.m. every day, except Saturday we end at 4.30. But uh, in the daytime, you work on your couple relationship. And in the evening, you're in a separate small group from your spouse and you're working on yourself. And so that way, God can have room to work on you individually. Mm-hmm. You get really clear on who you are and what you want. And your spouse does the same. And it's so much easier to communicate when you can do that. So uh, two upcoming in June. Yeah, it's, and next one's, yeah. Next one's, next one's find it. We we have one in Texas in June, but we have one in Atlanta. We'll have one in Atlanta the first of June, and then the third week of June we have one in Texas. Uh, but it's loverecon.org. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Awesome. There it is. Yeah. Is that it? Oh, yeah. I took, yeah. I took yeah. HD yeah. definition. There you go. Just there Google go. up loverecon.org. Yeah. Or Google up the best marriage counselors in the nation. Them up first. One couple, all in. All in. One couple, all in. That's it. All right. All right. Well, guys and gals, we have like 60 seconds. I wish we had more, but that's it. So all in favor of bringing them back and having them with us again, like the text that I get, raise your hand. <laughs> that's it. You, you have to come back. God's sending you a message. Just feel it. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Gene and Cliff, thanks for being with us. Ron, anything you want to say so long to him? We've got, we've got 40 seconds, 50 seconds. Well, Justin, Georgia guys again, and always uh, great nuggets and go. And I uh, hope to have a couple of couples down there come June, hopefully. Good. Right. Hey, Thank man. you guys again. For Jeff, Tank, anything? There you go. Same. I feel like we need to sign up for this. I was just realizing we do personal development stuff all the time, and I don't know why we haven't done this. So I was just pulling it up. There you go. Awesome. <laughs> all right. Praise God. All right. Well, our time's up. Paul, yeah. <laughs> say Thank so long. You. Okay. Our time is up. Jeannie Cliff, we love you. We'll talk to you soon, and we'll see you next week, ladies and gentlemen, right here, same time, same station. Click them up tomorrow on bbsradio.com forward slash Raising Expectations. Find this program. You get to watch it again and hear the great discussion from what I think are some of God's greatest people. Thanks for being with us tonight. God bless you and keep you. And in the words, once again, of Roy Rogers and Dale Evans, 
Happy trails to you until we meet again. Happy trails to you. That's it. Okay. Friends, thanks for joining us on this week's program of Raising Expectations. We profoundly hope you found it engaging and at times humorous. But most of all, uplifting so that we may, with you, one topic at a time each week, become more encouraged to move forward to an exciting future in, as we always say, this thing called life in America today. So let not your hearts be troubled, your family, finances, faith, freedom. It can be a great future as we talk, listen, respect, and pull together. Please let me hear from you. You can reach me at 972-922-8556. That's 972-922-8556 or Joe Schofield on Facebook or LinkedIn. It'd be a pleasure to know you and we hope you'll listen in again next week on the BBS Radio Network.